ho ho, it's me, Sissy Spacek, back at it again with a new episode of the Boy Time Podcast, and as always, I'm joined by Babby. Mm. We have a slam dunk episode, as always. Um, I feel like it's been a pretty slow week. I mean, the Emmys happened, um, but I, we don't usually report, well, I guess we do usually report on them, but... Frankly, I don't much care about award shows or anything anymore. Lose interest every year, so I feel like we don't even talk about them usually. Now. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I I did enjoy their Golden Globes. Karen Culkin's speech made fun of Pedro Pascal, and then Pedro Pascal. I don't remember. I don't know if he was presenting or if he won an Emmy, but he. Uh, I guess he like hurt his shoulder or something, and then he said that Kieran Culkin beat him up. Uh, and then it cut to Kieran Culkin. He was like stone faced. I was like, <laughs> it was kind of weird, <laughs> but uh, that was kind of enjoyable. And I saw that the Bear and Succession were winning a bunch, so I was just like, okay, seems about what I predicted. So. Not super surprising. I did see that the guy who plays Fack and the guy who plays uh, Richie, cousin, uh, they smooched on stage. I did, and I tried to look it up. I'm like, are, are they in a relationship? Doesn't no. appear so. It's Maddie Mathis. <laughs> I, just, I didn't know either of these people, really. <laughs> like, I have no idea what's going on. He's a chef. He's not even like really an actor. Yeah, that's what he was saying. He's like, yeah. this is my first time acting. <laughs> I'm just in this show. Does YouTube cooking videos. Oh, is that? That's, a, okay. Does YouTube videos. Yeah. Is he, uh, what's that, what's that chef guy? The frick. <laughs> I had his name and then it disappeared. <laughs> the guy who makes like beef and, uh, he makes like stuff from shows. Oh, Babish. Yeah, binging with Yeah, Babish. he's like an uh, unhinged Italian Babish. Okay. That seems about right. It was just a very long kiss, and I was surprised because it was like in the middle of his speech. That's awesome. Uh, and I think they're both married to women, so I don't know. I don't know what happened there. Respect. Um, so, okay. That's whatever. But... That was the only things I saw from the Emmys. So, pretty cool. Uh, other than that, I don't think there's been much in terms of news, unless I'm forgetting something and you saw something. But I don't think so. I don't think so. I, yeah, I don't think it's so. It's pretty slow. It's January, so it's going to be pretty slow on that front for a hot minute. Um, I do think we're getting a Bethesda Developer Direct on the 18th. So I guess when this episode comes out, um, which so we're supposed to be getting gameplay of the Indiana Jones game that Bethesda is making. Uh, frankly, I don't really see the need for this since we already have Indiana Jones games and they're called Uncharted. I think but Bethesda is not the studio to make those kind of games. No, no, <laughs> I don't know what it's going to be. Uh, it, and I don't know what studio is making it. I don't know if it's Bethesda proper or if it's one of their subsidiaries. I know Arcane is making some 
licensed game. I don't know. Uh, going from Death Loop to some franchise. I don't remember what they're doing. Maybe it's Indiana Jones. I don't know. If so, Arcane is not the right studio for that. Uh, but neither is Bethesda proper. So I don't know mm. where they're. Maybe it's the people who made Redfall. <laughs> that would be nice. If they got anything after that game, that'd be crazy. <laughs> That's true. Uh, let me see. Who's making the Indiana Jones game? I should be able to see it. Let's see. It's Machine Games. Oh, okay. That's the uh, the people who are making the new Wolfenstein games. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, that, I guess. Still weird. But it, it's, it's a weird know. one, but, you know, they have been quiet. Wolfenstein 2 came out in, like, 2018 or something. So, you know, taking their time on it, I guess. And uh, I do like Indiana Jones, so if it's good, that's pretty cool. They should get Harrison Ford to come back and be Indiana Jones again. And in the he new, would love that. <laughs> he would love that. And because uh, has he ever done voice work? Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. I can't imagine Harrison Ford in a VO booth. You mean he didn't do the the VO for the Han Solo Jason Derulo parody song for the Star Wars <laughs> Connect game? You think Harrison Ford sang that song? Yes. <laughs> I don't think so. I it think was it, like the scratch track, and then they got someone that sounded good to do it. <laughs> Why would they hire Harrison Ford to be the scratch track? Because it would be the funniest thing ever. <laughs> no one else would hear it. And it would be so expensive to get Harrison Ford to... If I was a manager, like, like you know, with all that, I, I'd use the budget on it, just for my own, like, enjoyment. Nobody would hear it except for me. That's but then so if, it, if it ever got leaked to the public, it would become like the best piece of trivia. That's true. That would be, that would be kind of crazy. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm looking at Harrison Ford's IMDb and I'm not seeing anything that would be, Oh, he was in the secret life of pets too. That's disappointing. That's interesting. That's like Patrick Stewart being in the emoji movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything uh, for a check, I suppose. I guess. I guess. That's too bad. But he was also in Cowboys and Aliens, so I guess, you know, he doesn't really care anymore. You can't have a perfect, uh, you can't have a perfect record, you know? No, and I don't think Harrison Ford had a perfect record, like, no. since the late 80s, early 90s, into the 2000s even. It's like, what are you doing? He was in Air Force One. You kidding me? I don't know if that's a bad movie. I just know that that's one of his later era ones. And now he's in Marvel movies. He's going to be in Yay. the new Captain America one. Yay. Yay. I thought that was really weird. But I guess, you know, he's still, he's been messing around with Disney a lot these days. You know, Star Wars movies and Indiana Jones. So I guess it makes sense. But still disappointing. Actually, I don't care. <laughs> Actually, on second thought. Never mind. I don't care about the legacy of Harrison Ford. He was in some pretty good movies in the 70s and 80s. Uh, and then he was in the new Blade Runner movie, and that's all I need to know. That's it. Uh, but I guess on to 
bigger and brighter pastures. I did promise last week that we are going to be doing a marathon and that I would come up with a schedule for the upcoming marathon that's going to be happening next week. So I will announce the schedule right here and it'll be in the description. So if you want to follow along, you can. Uh, we've done one of these before last Halloween for a horror movie marathon. That one was kind of fun because we broke down kind of four, actually we did five, five distinct eras of horror movies. And uh, so I decided, okay, how do we follow that up? Obviously there's no like, there's no holiday or season we're really doing. I was thinking like, oh, well, we could do snowy movies or movies set in the wintertime, but it's either Christmas movies or like scary movies. And I'm like, I don't want to do a horror one again. I just did that. Um, so I decided, okay, let's do something even bigger, even grander than the Halloween horror marathon. We're doing the desert marathon, uh, mainly, awesome. mainly because I wanted to come up with the stupidest idea. And so <laughs> we're doing, uh, four weeks of desert movies. Now this, uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing this, but it, it we're going to get some diversity here in terms of what kinds of movies we're doing because, uh, week one, that's going to be classic yeehaw week. So we're going to be doing old Westerns. Uh, first one is high noon. That's from 1952. It's on Amazon prime or paramount plus. I, I decided to include where you can stream it in the list. So hopefully that helps. Uh, 40 Guns from 57. That's going to be on the Criterion channel in 2B. All of these are probably also on YouTube because they're that old. So keep that in mind too. Uh, and then the last one is Magnificent Seven. It's from 1960. And that was on a bunch of stuff. So you probably have a means to watch that one. Um, I don't know if John Wayne is in any of these. Hopefully not. Because I hate John Wayne. I'm uh, John Wayne. I'm John Wayne. Except when Fred Rogers... Is that his last name? Fred Rogers? I think so. When Fred Rogers says that I like it. Uh, it sounds just like an old-time like actor from like the 40s. True. Hey, what's what's Fred and Ginger's last name? What's, what's that Fred's name? That's a stare, isn't it? Fred Astaire. No idea. And Ginger, I don't remember. Whatever. It's not Fred Rogers, I don't think. Uh, week two is going to be a little different. We're doing Acid Yeehaw Week. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be doing a genre that I know pretty much nothing about. I'm going to do a little bit of a deep dive when we get to it. Uh, but there are there's a genre of films that are called Acid Westerns. And they were mostly in the late 60s, early 70s, right around that like counterculture hippie movement time. Um, and there is one on here that is from the late 90s. I found one from the late 90s. But basically why they're called acid westerns is that um, basically everybody was doing acid. And so they're all really weird. And so we're going to be 
seeing what that means. I'll be doing some acid. Yeah. Well, I won't. I don't have the means. Unless someone <laughs> wants to hit us up in our comments and will, is willing to send some to my P.O. box. I feel like that's super illegal. And maybe <laughs> I shouldn't even joke about that. But, uh, um, I mean lactic acid. I mean lactic acid. Citrus acid, maybe. Oh, I need to boost my vitamin Z numbers. Yes. <laughs> I don't even have a P.O. box, so. That's true. Fine. <laughs> uh, but the first one we're doing is El Topo, which I have heard bad things about. Well, okay, I've only heard two people talk about this movie, and it was an, an offhanded comment in a Red Letter Media video. And one of them said he absolutely hated El Topo, and one of them said that they loved El Topo. But the one who said that they loved El Topo is like the biggest David Lynch fan. So I'm a little worried that I'm going to be getting into that a little bit, um, which is not totally my jam. Uh, but that is that is out there. That's what we're going to be doing. We're going to watch it anyways. Uh, the Shooting from 1966, that's on Max or Tubi. That was also on a bunch of stuff. Uh, and then the one from the 90s is called Dead Man, and that one's on Max. Dead Man. That one's cool. That's a cool name. But after that, we're done with westerns. I just thought it would be fun to do some old timeies and then some acid westerns for contrast. And week three, we're doing the post-apocalypse genre of films. Uh, we're going to be doing Mad Max 1, which is Rent or Tubi. It was on Max, funnily enough, but then I don't know what happened. I guess it was taken off. Uh, and then we're watching Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior. Or just the Road Warrior, as uh, us Americans know it as. That's from 1981, and that is on Amazon Prime Wars Rent. And the last one we're doing is A Boy and His Dog, which is from 1975. It's on a bunch of free streaming services. And the one that the thing that's funny about this one is that it's set in 2024. So, uh-huh. we did it. <laughs> Uh, I, li- I like to think that they were just like writing the movie and like, eh, just set it 50 years from now. That's good It's enough. futuristic enough. I mean, there's no way we're surviving this Cold War. Someone's <laughs> going to push the button. It's probably that Californian Governor Reagan. That cheeky man. <laughs> that cheeky little guy. I don't even know if he was a governor in the 70s. I don't know enough about Ronald Reagan's political career. Just know that he croaked. But Best thing that, he ever did. Yeah. I I did <laughs> I saw that Jodie Foster was in the news recently. I forgot. She was like, yeah, I don't really like working with younger people on set because they always try to impress me. And just a bunch of people were like, well, there's one surefire way to make sure that Jodie Foster uh, likes you. Because (laughs) John Hinckley famously tried to kill Ronald Reagan (laughs) to impress Jodie Foster, uh, who was 14. He failed, though, which kind of sucks. Yeah, he didn't use a high enough caliber. Yeah. uh, If you're going to commit, you got to commit. That's what I'm saying. But, I mean, if if this was all just a grand scheme to impress someone who was 14 and taxi driver, which I think 
was what he was going off of, then, you know, maybe he didn't have all his marbles. Yeah. So I think that guy uh, made YouTube videos, um, like, right after his release about uh, guitar covers. Oh, that's <laughs> I cool. I think he, would, he did, like, guitar covers. <laughs> oh, nice. I like that. I just, the only other thing I know about John Hinckley is that, that uh, the Hinckleys were very close with the Bush family. Mm. And, you know, George. Also H. known for trying to murk people. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but that's, that's the conspiracy theory because John Hinckley, I think it was like he went to dinner with George H.W. Bush or he either went to dinner like the night before or it was planned that they were going to have dinner the night after he killed Ronald Reagan. And so it was like, oh, did George H.W. Bush put him up to this so that he could be president? That's the... Nah, that's too obvious. Yeah, it probably is. But Lyndon Johnson did it. I suppose. <laughs> Different time. Different time. <laughs> Just 20 years apart. But anyways, back to the marathon we're doing. Enough of American history and conspiracy theories. Uh, week four, we're going on a trip. We're <laughs> doing road trip. You should have used that for the acid one. <laughs> Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Uh, <laughs> this is our uh, road trip week. Uh, so we're doing Paris, Texas from 1984 on Max. That one is apparently wild. I think these are all like, it's not like when you think of road trip movies, you might think of like a buddy comedy, like uh, planes, trains, and automobiles or something like that. These are all like weirdo movies. Stuff that, like, a film bro would like. That kind of stuff. Because uh, we're doing Paris, Paris, Texas, and then we're doing Easy Rider, which is similar. Similar reputation from 69. Uh, and you can rent it. <laughs> you can rent it or it's on the Criterion channel, which I don't have. So I'll figure it out. And then the last one we're doing is The Hills Have Eyes from 1977. I think that's a Wes Craven classic. I think. Or did he? Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember who made the Hills Have Eyes. Uh, but that's on Tubi and a bunch of other places, so you'll be able to find it. And that's our desert marathon. All of these movies take place in the desert, which oh, is desert. It's pretty fun. Uh, I wanted to add Cool Hand Luke because I wanted to watch a movie that had Paul Newman in it, but that movie takes place in Florida. Not desert. Not quite. Not quite. It's actually the opposite of the desert. Yes. Which is why I'm advocating to <laughs> drain it. Drain the swamp. Drain further. the swamp. How did they even, like, think about doing that? Like, what was the plan? A How are you going to drain it? <laughs> that doesn't make any Sponges are from the <laughs> ocean. <laughs> I don't understand how you're going to drain a swamp. That seems like you'd have to set up a pretty complex sewer system. Yeah. And at that point, what's the point? I don't know. What was the drain the swamp thing? You're a pol politic guy. Why did they want to drain the swamp? You're a politic guy. I don't know why he started saying <laughs> drain the swamp. <laughs> what does that even it's, mean? It was just one of his catchphrases. It's the get all the corrupt politicians out. Oh, it wasn't literal? Uh, Hillary Clinton. No, it wasn't literal. Oh, I thought it was literal. 
No, it's to get rid of all the scum in uh, mm. the political uh, uh, landscape, if you will. I see. I see. That makes sense. I think that's as in-depth as he went. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Know. Oh, that tracks. Oh, that, that seems to make sense. Um, so that's a marathon. That's what we're doing. The desert marathon. I, if you have any ideas for marathons we can do in the future, let me know. Otherwise, the schedule is going to be in the description, and you can follow along if you want to. Or if you don't want to, you can just know what's going to be coming up, I guess. But uh, without further ado, I guess we can talk about movies I watched this week. This is the Scary Powers Scare Me week, I guess. I don't know. I'm not I'm not really good at coming up with names for things, I guess. Uh, but I watched a bunch of I guess technically they're scary movies. You know, I don't I wasn't particularly scared of any of them. Uh, I watched the hit film Carrie, uh The Dead Zone, uh Scanners and Society, which is actually a big mistake. Because I forgot that I was saving that movie for when Joker 2 comes out. And I was going to review Society and Joker 2. But I forgot until halfway through the movie. I'm like, oh, I'm too far Just in. Just don't now. talk about it. Then you won't remember it when you review it when it comes out. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not going to say very much about it. Um, because uh, it was told to me. Uh, it was recommended. It was in another Red Letter Media video. Uh, one of the guys who's really into cheap B-movies, which I guess is all of them, but the one that is especially into them, was like, everybody check out Society uh, and don't look at anything beforehand and just go in blind. And so I'm going to honor that legacy and not really talk about it, but let me just say, it is wild. It is... (laughs) Uh, I don't want to say it's the weirdest movie I've ever seen, but... It is the only movie I've seen that, I guess, slight spoiler, slight spoiler for society. There is incest in it. Um, it's, it's wild. It's wild. It's a lot it, about society. Yeah. I'll say, and this is, I guess, if you know, you know, it's like uh, Stanley Kubrick's Eyes Wide Shut, but better. And I only gave this movie three stars. <laughs> so uh, maybe I shouldn't say that. But that, that's my genuine opinion. Um, I did like society and I love society. It's a great concept. Having everybody live in the same place. I think that's pretty neat. Thanks. Agriculture. Domesticated animals. Shout out agriculture. (laughs) Shout out irrigation. (laughs) Shout out the Tigris and the Euphrates river. (laughs) In this river. Real ones. Real ones. No. OGs even. Yeah. <laughs> Real OG. All the way back. Uh, but that's it about society. It, that one doesn't even really have any scary powers. I was just like, eh. I just, <laughs> I kind of got burnt out towards the end of the week. Uh, I haven't watched a movie in a couple days, uh, which I had been going strong watching one every day. I think, let me see. I've seen 16 movies so far this year. And it is currently January 16th as of uh, us recording this. So I got ahead a little bit, but now I'm caught up, I guess. But I guess I'll talk about... I'll go to my least favorite to my favorite. 
because I guess that makes sense. But my least favorite out of this bunch was Scanners. It's a David Cronenberg movie. I accidentally watched two David Cronenberg movies. Um, I didn't know that. But Scanners is a very famous movie because it has the best head explosion in any movie ever. And now that I've seen it, I agree. Although I think the version in the movie is cut because I've seen that head explosion by itself and it's much longer. But for some reason in the actual cut in the movie, it's only like two seconds and they cut away. It's like, well, that's kind of disappointing. But yeah, it's a little sad. I mean, that's the legacy this movie has. And I mean, deserved because it is, it is quite amazing. It's, it's a little sad as I was watching this movie and I was thinking of all the great ex head explosions I've seen, like uh, Dawn of the Dead was a great one. Um, and I'm like, man, they don't do that. Why don't they do that anymore? They need to have more head explosions in, in movies and have it be like real. Don't have it be like a CGI head explosion oh, with fake blood. Yeah. It's like back in the day, well, well, maybe you can't do this anymore. But like when Fred Z, Frank ZD or whatever I call him, <laughs> when Frank ZD <laughs> was uh, making the head explosion to Dawn of the Dead, he just took a, a plaster mold that they made for one of the actresses, put a fake beard and hair on her, just filled it with meat, and then just shot it with a shotgun. And, uh, you probably can't do that anymore. Uh, you might get Alec Baldwin. But yeah. It was the 70s. You can do whatever you want. It was not a studio movie. And I don't know if Scanners was. I, I don't even know how they did it. It doesn't even look real. <laughs> it's kind of hard to describe. It just looks good. <laughs> it just looks good. You can tell that it was just like they really built a fake head and then exploded it. It isn't just like slabs of beef I, i'm sure there is some beef in there but i don't know pretty pretty convincing um and you know david cronenberg kind of a pioneer in the body horror genre a genre frankly i don't much care for uh, in fact it would be probably my least favorite well that's probably not true i don't like demonic kind of that kind of scary movie really uh, that those that's probably my least favorite. But body horror horror is like way down there too. Like, I'm dreading the day that I will see the Human Centipede movie. Because uh, I will see it eventually, but just not right now. When I'm older and braver and I have more courage. <laughs> uh, but not right now. Um, and so I went into this movie with a certain set of expectations that I was really gonna hate it. I didn't. Well, maybe I. I didn't really like it, but it's not for the reasons that I thought I was going to. It was just kind of boring. Like, the movie wasn't that good. Uh, just had some really good special effects and the head explosion, and then there's a telekinetic battle at the end. Uh, and that, that one was really well done, too, even though it is also very gross. Um, but I guess the premise of the movie is that there's this company that has been developing and recruiting people with telekinetic powers and also like tel telepathic powers so they can like move things with their mind but they can also communicate with each other using just their minds and uh, basically there's this bad guy who's going around and killing the company's 
executives and it's like going against the company. And so the company's like, I'm going to, we need to eliminate the competition. This is the most neoliberal movie of all time. Um, I, I, I just picture the, the whitest kids, you know, sketch where they're sniping each other and, uh, <laughs> the businessmen are sniping each other. It's kind of like that. Um, except they're using telekinetic men and women that are called scanners. I don't know if it's ever explained why. There is a lot of just jargon and like eh, just exposition scenes where they're talking about science. I'm like, I don't care about this. Explode more heads. Because the head is the head explosions in like the first five minutes. They really blow their water early. And they're like, okay, now you have to sit through the science and figure out why this works. It's like, I don't care how this works. Just keep blowing people up. And maybe it's that's the meathead in me. That's just like, oh, ooh, more explosions. Yes, the Michael Bay fan in us all just kind of want to see a head explode. It's like the best thing in the whole world. It's a good head explosion. That's why Paul Verhoeven makes the best movies. It's like RoboCop, and Total Recall. Those are the best action movies of all time. They go super over the top with the squibs. It's the best. Which... I saw that Paul Verhoeven is coming back to American cinema. I'm pumped. I think the last movie he made was Starship Troopers, and then he's just been over in the Netherlands getting his art house cinema freak on. (laughs) Yeah. Which I haven't seen any of those movies. I've heard they're all very artsy, and it's just like, man, I just want you to come back and make a schlocky action movie again. Because those are the best any, I don't know if it's going to be a schlocky action movie, but he's coming back to Hollywood for one movie. I think it was just greenlit or whatever. So that's exciting when it comes out in three years, I guess. But anyways, back to scanners. Now yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's fine. I don't, I don't really know what to say about it. Uh, I'll be honest. I was kind of like, drifting in and out of paying attention to it like through the middle of it because it was so boring so sorry to any scanner heads out there or i guess any david cronenberg fans but this was just not my cup of tea so that's my official review of scanners should have had more head explosions i really sound like a guy who should be wearing like a captain america t-shirt and defending and getting mad at disney for having a black woman play the Little Mermaid or something. I should be more artsy in my approach because I am a true film Say connoisseur. big words. <laughs> yeah. No, I just want to see uh, that <laughs> explode sometimes. Uh, next up is a different David Cronenberg movie. This one is called The Dead Zone and has zero body horror in it at all. It's more a character drama than anything else. It's kind of an interesting premise. Uh, Basically, Christopher Walken is in it, and he plays a professor, and he has a hot girlfriend that he is going to propose to, who, the girlfriend, it was driving me crazy the whole time. Like, I know I've seen her in something. She was in Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which we talked about last week. I'm like, oh, that's fun. So... That was a, ni- a nice little connection. But then he gets Dr. Strange did, where he gets into a car accident, and then he's in a coma for five years. But somehow, 
through his coma, and when he comes to, he suddenly has the power to see people's past, present, and futures by grabbing their hand, but it causes a great physical toll on his own body. So, and that's on top of him recovering from a big car accident. But, you know, I guess he had five years to heal from that, so he should be okay. But he had to, like, relearn how to walk again. <laughs> Christopher Walken had to learn how to walk again. <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's what people come here for. That's the that's the serious art criticism. That's the catch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he, it starts off pretty small. It's just, like, one of the nurses comes in and... He grabs her hand and he's like, hey, your daughter is in a house fire right now. You need to leave right now and save your daughter. And that's because of that. The, the nurse gets to save her daughter who's burning alive in the house. And then he touches his doctor's hand and his doctor is, I guess, a Holocaust survivor or I don't I don't know. Some some he was in Poland during World War Two and his mom put him on a wagon to, like, flee because the Nazis were taking over it at that moment. And so he touched his hand, and he's like, hey, I know exactly where your mom is. She's alive. And that was the second thing. And then the doctor's like, wow, you are a special guy. But he, he does call his mom, and then he just doesn't say anything and then hangs up. He's like, eh, just wasn't <laughs> meant to be. I'm like, what are you talking about? Why, why would, <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of weird, but he was an old guy. So his mom was also probably really old. Would have confused her. Like right as he was getting ready to die, then he would have came in and like, yo, remember me? I'm still alive. Well, maybe, what up? Although maybe that would have been a nice thing. It would have been a nice way to, for her to, to die, I guess. I don't know. But that's, that's his uh, psychic powers and so then after that then the news is like yo this guy has psychic powers and he's like i don't want to use it i don't want to do it because it hurts me it makes me feel like i'm dying whenever it happens so like he goes like most of the movie like just living as a hermit basically he like buys a house in the country and because he's a professor he is basically like a private tutor so like People just send their kids to his house. He, like, refuses to leave. He's just locked in his house because he doesn't want to use his psychic powers anymore. But one day, his super hot girlfriend comes by, and she's campaigning for uh, Martin Sheen, who is playing a, a guy who's running for Congress. And uh, Christopher Walken shakes Martin Sheen's hand. And I think he's kind of supposed to be, like, an allegory for Reagan, like, that was the kind of vibe I was getting, but, like, more eccentric. Because Reagan wasn't that eccentric. He was really old and had dementia. So he didn't really have that kind of charisma that Martin Sheen has. Wait. Yeah, Martin Sheen, not Charlie Sheen. The guy from Apocalypse Now. Charlie Sheen would have been crazy. Yeah, he also would have been, like, 18, which... Yeah. Let me see when the Dead Zone came out. 1983... Yeah, Reagan was in office. But basically, Christopher Walken shakes this guy's hand and he sees his future. And his future is that he presses the button. And it's very unclear what 
where the missiles go. It's just basically all the nukes are sent. And we can assume it's probably to the Soviet Union because it was the 80s. Um, Only economy left. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but what's funny is that they give, like, Martin Sheen, they give him some, like, gray hair. And, like, he looks r- a lot like George uh, George W. Bush. Uh, or maybe that's just me. I don't know. Because <laughs> Martin Sheen doesn't really look like George W. Bush, but young Martin Sheen with gray hair kind of looks like George W. Bush. Martin Sheen, I think, is Uncle Ben in the Sam Raimi movies. If that, just to put it in perspective, because I think that would be the only thing you would know him from when he's an old man. Um, but yeah, so he's like, I'm going to make it my, uh, yeah, I probably shouldn't say this on podcast, but he's like, I'm going to um, do what happened to uh Franz Ferdinand to this presidential candidate. Uh, I, I think that's that's laundered enough where I think the algorithm won't pick that up and I won't get put on a list. He went over the age of 13, should understand that. Yeah, but I don't know if robots will. No. Nah. I don't want the robots to find me. I don't want, like in the Matrix, I don't want those like squid robots to come find me. That would be <laughs> really scary. You said a bad. <laughs> you said you were going to kill the president. Oh, no, I said it. Oh, no. But that's what Christopher Walken does, and that's pretty sick because he like gets a sniper rifle, and there's a, there's a pretty cool twist. I guess this is a spoiler <laughs> because really most of the movie is him just chilling at his house. And, and being a tutor to children. The, like, president plot is, like, the last 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes of the movie. But it's the best stuff in the movie. Um, so I guess spoilers for The Dead Zone. It's pretty good. Um, he gets, like, a sniper rifle, and then he, like, goes to, like, the meeting where um, he's, like, doing a speech. And it's, like, in an old church uh, a little church, I guess, because there's like pews and he's in the balcony and there's no one else in the balcony for some reason. And he gets a shot. He's like getting ready to shoot. And then his, his hot ex-girlfriend who's married and has a kid is there with her husband and her 10 month old baby. And they're sitting right next to the presidential or the Congress candidate, I guess. And then she sees him and he's like, what are you doing, Christopher Walken? And then Christopher Walken misses because he was distracted. But then Martin Sheen grabs the 10-month-old baby and uses it as a human shield (laughs) and just starts, like, running away. Um, And then, like, you know, Martin Sheen's aides just, like, start shooting at Christopher Walken. He gets pumped full and he falls off the balcony and croaks. But... Right before he dies, Martin Sheen, like, runs up to him, like, grabs him by the car. He's like, who are you? And then Christopher Walken grabs his hand, and he sees his future. And it's Martin Sheen in, like, a crappy apartment somewhere. And there's a magazine that, like, the cover of it is him holding the baby as a human shield. And then it ends with Martin Sheen (laughs) killing himself with a revolver. <laughs> and then Christopher Hawkins like, you're done. And then he dies. And it's like, that's the best movie of all time. That's the end. It just, <laughs> you're done. And cut the credits. It's the best movie of all time. Plus, it has Tom Skerritt in it, 
who I just saw in the hit film Steel Magnolias, which we talked about last week a little bit. But it's a very fun movie. I liked that one quite a bit. It's on a lot of stuff. It's on I saw it on Paramount Plus, which is a streaming service. I got a free trial to, and then I said I want to cancel it, and then they gave me three more months for free. So they're doing the cable company strat. <laughs> it really is. I, I'm like, okay, sure, I'll take it. I'll just keep sending reminders in my phone to cancel it. So yeah, that's how I'm watching the Star Trek too. Hmm. Um, pretty good show. Pretty okay. Don't know why I'm watching it, but I am, and it's fine, I guess. I like Captain Kirk. Seems like a nice guy. And the last movie we watched, is, uh, not we, I watched is Carrie. A uh, classic movie, everybody knows. Carrie, the prom queen, gets blood dumped on her. I almost wish I didn't know that going in. But, I mean, it's pretty obvious that that's going to happen. Like, probably like half an hour in, you're like, okay, that's what they're going to do. Uh, but the... the, the the story of Carrie is, like, really, really sad. Like, I don't know. Uh, I, you know, I grew up in a Midwestern kind of suburbia. Um, and so I never really experienced bullying. bullying, And I never really saw it. I'm sure it happened. But either I wasn't plugged in enough uh, or I don't know. It was also kind of like a richer school, so they were probably too busy crashing their benzos or whatever. I don't know. Not me, but I'm just saying. Um, so I never really experienced bullying, but, uh, man, Carrie uh, is probably the most abused person in the history of the world. Um, and it makes absolutely no sense why anyone would treat her this way. Um <laughs> Let me explain, because Carrie, uh, she's very shy. She's kind of sheltered. Her mom is like a super Christian fundamentalist. Uh, and I'm not saying like, oh, she's like a conservative or like what I'm talking like really, really far into not even. Alteria. Yeah, it's like pretty much. It's like taking the ideas of Christianity and like pushing it to the nth degree. It is like, yeah, not even Christianity at that point. Um, but basically the movie starts and Carrie gets her period, her first period, which I think is weird because she's a senior in high school and that seems really late for that to be happening. But yeah, it seems like a medical issue. Yeah. That seems like that should be happening like way sooner, but whatever. I'm not going to question it. Uh, maybe the people who made this movie just didn't know enough about female anatomy. Just assumed it happened. I feel like they yeah. <laughs> Just, oh, it happens when they turn 18. That's when they become a woman. Although people were getting, like, pregnant when they were, like, they were getting married and having kids when they were, like, 15 in the oh, 70s. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I don't know what that decision is. Or maybe it's not her first... No, it has to be her first period. Because she gets her first period, she's, it's in the showers after gym class, and she starts, like, freaking out, because basically it, 
her mom never told her that that was going to happen. And I guess she just never found out, like, even through, like, you know, just, like, by picking it up that, like, this happens to women. Uh, and so she's, like, shocked. And all of the girls in the gym class, like, just start laughing and throwing things at her, like, throwing tampons and, like, books. And, like, what is – who who reacts to, to someone having a crisis by just, like, laughing and throwing things? And, like, this is, like, an alien world where everybody is just evil. And maybe that's just how it is in California. I don't know. But um, – that that's that's what happens in the movie and so she comes home and then her mom is like you committed a sin you evil witch don't you know that the first sin that eve committed was intercourse and ever since then she has been cursed with the curse of blood and then she locks carrie in a closet for like four hours and then it's like what <laughs> like this is the i can't believe that this is the protagonist of the movie and she is being treated this bad by everybody she has like the worst life imaginable and so basically what happens for like the rest of the movie it's all leading up to the prom we all know where it's going but after carrie gets her period she basically figures out that she has some sort of powers i think it's some sort of telekinesis yeah i think so um i should probably say that both this one and the dead zone are based off of stephen king books which i've been seeing a lot of stephen king adaptations recently and that was not planned um and i was i don't know if stephen king has like a thing for i don't know stephen king's a weird guy and this was probably in its Coke era, too, so he was just, like, freaking out. Which I saw something interesting. Sorry, this is a bit of a tangent. Because, famously, Stephen King does not like Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Um, and I saw something, an interesting theory as to why that is. Because the book of The Shining is very different than the movie. And the book of The Shining is kind of a... Uh, kind of like a cry for help... And like a um, trying to trying to think of the right word, but it, basically Stephen King was an alcoholic, and he was trying to like detail how being an alcoholic can be damaging to the people around you, and that's kind of what The Shining is. You know, like Jack Torrance gets abusive and ultimately tries to kill his family, um, and but basically Stephen King because he was an alcoholic has like a hopeful twist where he's like, actually, you know, he's not actually that bad of a guy, but Kubrick was like, no, uh, he, he's probably just going to kill his family and there's no redemption for Jack Torrance. He dies alone in a maze. Um, and so that was, that might be why Stephen King doesn't like that movie. It's an interesting theory. I don't know. Uh, but I guess back to Carrie, um, yeah, so Carrie's developing her telekinetic powers, but she's, like, trying to hide it from her mom, because if her mom found out that she had these powers, then she would be a witch, and then, you know, bad things. She'd be locked in the closet for probably two years. Um, but meanwhile, the gym teacher that found Carrie after she had her period and everyone was laughing at her, um, 
she basically takes it upon herself to punish all of the the people who did that to Carrie. I guess they're all it was an all girls gym class. I don't know if they did that. Maybe. Um, and so like basically all of the girls have to do like they have detention for an hour after school and they have to do it with the gym teacher. So they have to like exercise and all of the girls hate that. And so they decide we're going <laughs> to we're going to get revenge on that stupid Carrie because she did this to us. And I'm just like, what? What is who is this evil? Who is like, you know, that that chick who's like super abused and is really awkward and quiet and like doesn't talk to anybody. It's her fault that we made fun of her for freaking out because you got her first period. It's like so weird. And I don't know. I don't <laughs> I don't think any of this is especially realistic, uh, although maybe it was in the 70s. I don't know. I was not alive then. Like uh, the whole bullying thing was very common in the 80s and 90s, and then they yeah. kind of fell off. Yeah. I mean, I only went to one school district. You Now kids to don't few. talk to each other. So. Yeah. Or they do the gritty or Fortnite dances. Yeah. Right? That's what kids <laughs> well, do. Well, there's no like clicks or like any like that doesn't happen anymore. No. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. There's no gangs in school anymore. Well, there are gangs in school, but not like, Yeah. You know, not yeah. like, you know, not like that. Yeah. This group of people, this group of people, like <laughs> the jocks and the, yeah. the skaters. It isn't like that walled off in my experience in the Midwest. Maybe it's still like that in California or Texas. I doubt it. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, it was just like, whoa, this is the worst group of people on the planet. But basically, the super popular girl is dating John Travolta, which is funny, because uh, who would do that? Uh, and also, it's funny because John Travolta's, like, really, really young. This is, like, maybe his first, maybe one of his first movie roles where he's, like, a, a major character. This is, like, before Grease and before Saturday Night Fever. This was, like, he was really, really young, maybe, like, early 20s at that. Um and he plays an evil guy, uh, which is funny because John Travolta's hardly ever an evil guy on the screen. I don't know why I'm going so hard against John Travolta. <laughs> <laughs> he just makes some questionable decisions. Um, but yeah, the the popular girl is like, hey, I want you to help me ruin Carrie's life. And he's like, whatever, I just want to get drunk and get my dick sucked. And that's basically his his uh, reasoning for helping his his girlfriend. So they like break into like a slaughterhouse, and he kills a pig with a sledgehammer, and then they fill a bucket full of blood, and uh, you know they they stick it right above where on stage where Carrie's gonna stand, and then they rig the election so that Carrie wins. And so, like, we see that plan, and so it's like, we see it coming from, like, a mile away, and, like, we see the whole process of it. But meanwhile, like, Carrie's life seems to be going on the up, where it's like, oh, that gym teacher that, like, really kind of stood up for her is, like, kind of taking time out of her day to, like, help Carrie get some of that self-confidence. And one of the girls um, that was punished is like, hey, my guy friend, do you want to? You should take Carrie to the prom. 
Like, I know you were probably going to take me. You should take Carrie. And, like, the whole time I thought that she was in on this evil plot to uh, punish an abused girl. But it was, like, no, she was actually, like, actually trying to help Carrie. Which I don't know if that was supposed to be, um, if I was supposed to feel like that. Or if I was, like, just to be like, oh, she is pure of intention. Because she says that she's pure of intention. But the whole time I'm like, oh, she's lying. Because everyone in this world is evil and rotten to the core i'm just assuming that she's the worst and that her boyfriend is the worst too and that he's in on it but they're not and like the cool thing is is that like you know he invites her to the prom and then he gets a really nice tuxedo and then she makes her own dress and like she has to like kind of come out to her mom and be like hey i'm going to the prom and her mom's like no don't do that you know the the sins of the flesh or whatever and here he's like, no, I'm going to do it anyways. And she uses her, her telekinetic powers and blasts her in the face or whatever. Doesn't kill her or anything, but, you know, kind of subdues her. Which reminds me that the mom is played by the chick from Twin Peaks, who is Pete's wife, who owns the lumberyard. Oh, Catherine. Yeah, that one was kind of driving me crazy, too. I'm like, I know that. <laughs> I know her from something. I think she's the perfect actor to play that role. Oh, she's great. She's great. She's nuts. It's like she's got like a cold energy. Mm. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's perfect in that movie, in that role. Um, but yeah, obviously much younger. Like that was like 20 years before Twin Peaks, this movie came out. So it was kind of interesting. I know she's been in other things too. It isn't just this, but I don't know. That was kind of driving me crazy. But, yeah, we get to see Carrie's date, and it's going great. Like, she's at prom. Like, she gets her first kiss with this guy, and it seems genuine. Like, this guy is, like, he might have had some reservations about, like, oh, I don't know, you really want me to take Carrie out? She's such an idiot, bozo-brained, <laughs> hair-brained idiot. I hate her so much. But then he's like, oh, actually, you know, you talk to someone, and it's like, maybe she isn't a demon hellspawn just because she doesn't talk to people. Maybe maybe she's actually all right. And they have a really fun night, and um, it's kind of like a really sweet moment when, like, she's crowned prom queen because, like, because, like, her boyfriend, uh, not the boyfriend, but her date, this, like, seems like genuinely trying to prop her up. And, like, we see the gym teacher. She's a chaperone for prom, and she's there, and she's really happy. And all the while, we know that there's a bucket full of blood at the top of the, on the rafters. And we know that John Travolta's idiot ass is going to pull on that rope and uh, dump that blood all over Carrie. And so when it does happen, it's really heartbreaking because it's like, man, Carrie's life, we've seen her like basically at rock bottom at the beginning of the movie. And we see her slowly crawl out of that throughout the entire movie. And then it's right back down. And like basically she gets covered in blood and then she goes on a rampage and she just starts killing everybody with her, her telekinetic powers. And it's pretty fun and cool. And I like that part of it because we've established that I'm a meat-brained bozo that only likes violence and head explosions and stuff like that. No head explosions in this movie, but she does kill everybody. Um, and I mean everybody. She, like, murders the gym teacher that was helping her. And I, I don't remember if she kills the boyfriend. If the boyfriend makes it out, I don't remember. I know that John Travolta and the, and the um, popular girl... They, they get got 
because <laughs> this is the craziest thing too, because they make it out of the gym uh, originally. And so, you know, Carrie makes it out too, and she's walking back home. And basically, a popular girl is driving, and she sees Carrie on the side of the road and then just decides to run her over for no reason. Like, for some reason, she hates this chick so much that she's going to murder her after essentially ruining her life, uh, or at least her perceived life at that time. Like, hey, I'm just going to murder her. I don't think she knew that Carrie had telekinetic powers because she just flips the car over and it explodes which is pretty fun. You know, I always like seeing John Travolta die. That's why Pop, Pulp Fiction is my favorite film. Ooh. Yeah. Bruce Willis and uh, John Travolta. Are they both Scientologists or is it just John Travolta? I thought it was just John Travolta, but maybe not. Okay, probably. I don't know. I just thought I would throw it out there just in case. Um, but yeah, you know, I don't want to just go like play by play. But that's pretty much the movie. It's pretty fun. Uh, really, really good. Um, I like this one quite a bit. I gave it four and a half stars. And I think I stand by that. It was, it was pretty fun. And it, was, it felt very nice. You know, you feel very vindicated at the end of the movie when she's going on a rampage. She's killing everybody. She kills John Travolta and, and a girlfriend. I don't know why I'm, I'm really harping on John Travolta dying. And it's like the, the girlfriend that's really adamant on killing Carrie. Um... But yeah, she basically murders everybody that's ever done her wrong. And then her house sinks into the ground. And it's pretty scary because she's basically a hellspawn demon. And it was true the whole time. Everybody that was calling her a demon was actually, it was actually correct. So that was a nice little twist, I guess. I don't know if that's a twist. But this movie does have one of the best jump scares, I guess. Uh, there's only one jump scare in the entire thing. It's at the very, very end where uh, there's a scene of, of the n nice girlfriend that set Carrie up with the, the her date, and she's going to put some flowers at the site where the house crumbled into the earth. Um, and then, you know, as she's setting down the flowers, a bloody hand comes out of the ground and grabs her hand. Oh, it's so scary. But... They Friday the 13th did because it's all a dream. So. Of course. Kind of lame. Although I don't think they ever made a sequel to Carrie where Carrie comes back as an evil slasher villain, which they should have. I know they remade it in the 2010s, but I don't know if they had her be a slasher villain. She should have been. She should have been... The next Freddy Voorhees or or Michael Myers, I would have really appreciated that. As a most, you know, terrifying name, Carrie. Carrie. I don't remember what her last name is. It's like Smith or something. It's nothing. Uh, let me see if they have it. Carrie White. Oh, Not that's her just name. <laughs> Most common last name ever made. I mean, Michael Myers. That's not like. Yeah, I suppose. Freddie, what's Freddie's last name? Freddie, uh, Freddie, and Jason. Freddie versus Jason. That's his last name. Yeah. Fred, why can't I think of it? I should know Freddie's last name. I can't. I keep thinking of Mercury, and I know that's not it. Freddie, Nightmare on Elm Street. What's his name? Kruger. Fred. Yeah, that's it. Kruger. <laughs> uh. 
great, great movie, Nightmare on Elm Street. But I think that'll do it for Spooky Powers, Ah, They Scare Me Week. Um, check out Society and check out Gary. Check out The Dead Zone if you want to watch Christopher Walken kill the president. Pretty fun. Although he isn't the president. He's trying to be. But that about does it for all that I have this week. I might have some music things, but other than that, I'm going to throw it on over to James for what he's got going. Wow. Wow. I think this is the first week I actually listened to music that came out this year. Wow. That's it was a, it was a It was a decently big-sized week. Uh, big first, like, release week of the year, I would say. Yeah. Uh, when you got, like, all your major labels, like, coming out at the same time. Um, however that works, I still don't know if it's due to, like, all the major labels are like, yes, this is the prime <laughs> date to release an album. Did um, Major Laser drop? Major, major I don't label? think Major Laser did. Oh, that's unfortunate. It's always a bad week when Major Laser <laughs> doesn't drop. <laughs> that's true. Um, but we got the 21 Savage album this week. I did not listen to that one yet. Uh, it's like 50 minutes long, and I don't know if I can, like, go through 50 minutes of 21 Savage. As much as I do enjoy him as a feature artist, I don't know if I'm the kind of person that uh, needs a full 21 Savage album in their lives. I do like um, 21 quite a bit. I, I do, I do. It's just he hasn't, like, reached over the threshold for me, or it's like I don't think there's any reason for me to... <laughs> dig deeper into 21 savage sure um he is pretty big now though which is he's you know, 37 good. in the world yeah which is that's really big that's crazy yeah. i did not know if he was that big well, i know um, he was bigger i was looking because i think like a year ago he was like 27th and i was really hoping yeah. that after the new album he Boom. was going to be 21 but he actually went down <laughs> make it happen people <laughs> come on everybody it stream it Twenty-one. I, I did say a st- I, I saw a stat about the album though, where he did say twenty-one at least one hundred and fifty times. Which oh, that's good. Really great. Um, but yeah, that came out this week. I think people are somewhat enjoying that to a certain degree. Um, but I focused on two albums this week. One came out this week. One came out, I think, very end of last year. But I'm counting it for twenty twenty-four because that's how that works. Yes. Um, Nobody's going to review something that came come out like two days before the new year. That's just stupid. Yeah. Um, but we'll start with uh, Bully James. Um, so Bully James is back, finally. Uh, this was this is his first record after his car accident last year um, that I think paralyzed him for a while, actually. Oh. Um, because he had, like, a whole bunch of albums lined up for last year, and then none of them happened because he was recovering for, like, most of it. Um, but this one's with Nicholas Craven. This is his second with Nicholas Craven. Um, he's kind of a controversial producer. Uh, I feel like people have varying opinions on him. Um, he's very much sample-heavy, uh, mm. loop-heavy when it comes to his production. Um I enjoy it on this record more than I did on the last record he did with Woldy James. I feel like this one had more of a, an impact. Um, but he does do very, I don't want to say simple, but what appears to be very simple loops that don't have much variation um, and samples that run a lot longer than producers usually would. Um, 
but I, I think it works well on this record. It, he makes things so seamless where you don't realize that there's multiple samples coming together, um, which some people don't like when that when that happens because it doesn't make it seem dynamic, which is true. Um, but I don't know. I enjoy it. But uh, yeah, this one, this record, pretty good. Um, I can see where people would not like this. It is a little bit one note when it comes to just the enjoyment of the tracks because you have Boldy James, which is famously a, a monotone rapper. Um, his flows are good, but again, he's kind of monotone. Um, and then you match him up with Nicholas Craven, who does pretty... I don't want to say repetitive, but uh, there's not a lot of variation in a lot of the beats he does. Um, most of these beats are pretty good. Some of them are could be better, but um, I, there's there's a certain mode of kind of like jazz in this, just very very subtle, um, and I think that's because of the lack of drums, because Boldy has to do some certain things to fill air on these loops. Um, but it's a pretty it's a pretty good uh, record, I think. All of the Boldy James releases this year will probably be better than this album. Um, but I think the prospect of him being officially back is the most exciting part about this release. Um, I'm thinking we're going to get a lot of good Boldy James music this year. I know he has one with Alchemist. Um, that should be coming, hopefully, this year. Uh, there's also this rumored one with Jay Dilla. Um, I don't know how Boldy James got access to this many J. Dilla beats and for the estate to be like, yes, this is the album we're making. Um, <laughs> but it will be fantastic if it does ever come out. Uh, it was slated for last year originally, but I think obviously they got moved back. Um, so if that actually releases, then I'm going to be super excited about that. But uh, yeah, very, very good. Um, it's very chill. It's nice to have on in the background. Um, the lyrics are good. It's just like, I can see people calling this one kind of boring if they're not into this kind of style, because this does take the kind of drumless looping underground hip-hop to the max. Um, oh, yeah, Bruiser Wolf dropped an album this week as well. I have just not gotten to it. Wow. Um, I'm excited to get to that one, though. Bruiser Wolf is... Uh, I don't want to call him a comedic rapper, because that, like, puts connotations in people's heads. He's funny. Um <laughs> But, yeah, I don't know, I, it's enjoyable. It's punchline after punchline, but it's fun. Um, so I, I'll probably get to that one uh, before next week, I would say. Um, and then the other one I listened to this week, uh, this was by a group. Um, I actually don't know much about this group. Um, I don't even remember how I really found it. I feel like me and my girlfriend found like a random Instagram story of someone talking about it. And then we listened to it because it sounded good. Um, and there are only very underground. Um, but this is uh, shallow water. There is a well. Um, it's the only music they have on their Spotify account. I don't know much else about them at all. Um, it's eight songs. Uh, I think it's like, what is it? 35 minutes, nice and short. Um, and this kind of encapsulates all the things that are becoming trendy again when it comes to like indie pop. Um, so you got slow core elements. There's some really nice country twang in there. Um, a little bit of shoegaze, some like really noisy guitar bits. Um, 
and I don't know, it has this duster quality, it has this slow dive quality, it has all these things that are kind of coming back um, into the indie pop scene, um, and it works pretty well. Like, for a group that has zero music on their Spotify to put this out was like, wow, this is produced really well. Um, most of these tracks flow pretty well. Some are a little bit, uh, I don't want to say sleepy, but there's not a, too much going on in some of them. Um, but definitely if you're into this kind of duster, uh, always, I would say there's another group that's doing this kind of style right now. Um, black country, new road, even there's a lot of crossover there. Uh, check this thing out. Um, because I don't think anybody is, they got 6,000 monthly listeners. Um, so I, I like finding these really underground groups. Uh, they come to me in the weirdest ways too. But I think just checking out stuff like that is just, you get it and it's like, ooh, this could be a hidden gem. Um, yeah. But yeah, it is pretty good. Uh, I, I enjoy it quite a bit. So uh, I'll count that in my list for this year. It came out December 30th. It, it doesn't, it's not 2023. <laughs> I'll count it. Yeah. Um, and then the only other thing I listened to this week, I think, was the new Lil Nas X song. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Jay Christ. It's a good song. It's, yeah, it's decent. Um, oh, you don't the like beat it? So- the beat sounds like Humble. It sounds like Humble and Industry Baby. Yeah. Yeah. I do like that he's doing different stuff with his voice, though. I will say that. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if this is, like, leading up to an album or whatever, because I'd definitely be interested. I'm assuming um, so. Yeah. I think Montero was pretty pretty good. Um, yeah. So I think he's just trying some new stuff on this one. Um, I don't know. It's not bad. I don't think it has the punch of like Lil Nas songs for me because usually like he has really good choruses. Um, maybe I just need to listen to this one more, but, uh, it's not bad. I know everybody was freaking out because of the whole album cover or whatever. I don't care. It's stupid. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, (laughs) it led to our (laughs) first Twitter beef. Oh yeah. We got, got in a Twitter beef. Well, I don't know. Not we, I got into a Twitter beef with the official like thrive, uh, I think it's like a Christian website for like youth pastors or something. Mm-hmm. I saw them all the time on a college campus, but we got into a Twitter beef because I was being ironic and they called me out for being, uh, for mocking their uh, beliefs. Great. And, uh, let me just say I got the last word in, so I think I win. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's how you decide those things always. I think so. Yeah. I don't care. Is it a gimmick that's overplayed? Sure, whatever. Is it cringy? Maybe a little bit, but this is Lil Nas X. Yeah. Like half of Lil Nas X is uh shock marketing. Yeah. Done to an extremely well like level. This doesn't hit as hard as his other ones, but no. um he's he's still very much the the goofball guy. Um right. <laughs> makes some pretty solid jams. Yeah. Yeah. So. I like his comedy more yeah. than I like his music. Yeah, uh, and I did like that he got all of the impressionists that <laughs> to play famous yes, that, people on the red carpet. Yeah, <laughs> that was he's really, really funny. great at this stuff. Yeah, he's great. But yeah, it, it's it's a decent track. Um, I don't know if I'll go back to it much. I feel like uh, those kind of like you know trendier pop ones really have to like stick with me for me to like keep playing them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that, I think that's all the new stuff I listened to this week. Um, I think those were kind of the big releases as well. Um, 
I think Kelly Uchis released a record too. I've not listened to that. And Kid Cudi released Insano, which is still the <laughs> worst worst album name I've heard in a while. Insano. Um, Insano. <laughs> That's an hour and four minutes. Not gonna listen to that, most likely. Um, Man on the Moon Three was decent, but I'm not hearing good things about this. And I feel like uh, for a Kid Cudi record to grip me, it has to be like near perfect. Um, even the Man on the Moon stuff, like the original ones, sound super outdated to me. Uh, you can kill me for that opinion. It's okay. It's fine. Um, yeah, but yeah, that, that, that's what came out. Uh, I think not next week. We got two weeks until the Smile. Or I guess it is next Friday already. Um, smile next Friday. We got Chelsea Wolf coming up soon. MGMT at the end of February. Um, so we're starting to get to the big hitters. But I think this week was the first week where there was actually some substance coming out. Um, I'm sure there's been a couple of albums that have come out that have been good, but they're probably like ones that are just not on my radar um, and ones that I will like forget about until this December when I'm trying to put together a list again. Yeah. But uh, good stuff this week so far, though. Yeah, I forgot I think, about the whole Nas thing. Yeah. It was good. I like the League of Legends song better, I think. Oh, yeah, that was the one he did before this, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did see that he posted an apology, and that does ruin it. Shouldn't, shouldn't apologize. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you make Kai Sanat sad, I don't think it's whatever. Who cares? No, yeah, it's yeah. Who cares? It literally does not matter. Plus, then I feel like it comes to making fun of Christianity. It's like not even like blasphemous. Everybody kind of does it. Well, and you know, like if anyone should make fun of Christians. It should be a gay guy. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, the people that were really upset that he put blood in shoes or whatever. It's like, yeah. who cares? And the whole devil thing. And yeah. The, whatever like, music video that was. That whatever. was the call me by your name video. Yes. But yeah, I saw that he posted an apology and I'm like, that's lame. Don't do that. Uh, who cares? It's not a serious issue. <laughs> no, no, it is not. Uh, but I wanted to talk that I have been getting into the group Slow Pulp. Ah, yes. They're very, very good. I've added their album Movies to my list. Not spelled like you expect it to be spelled. Um, and then maybe if that goes well, we might get to their new record that just came out last year, Yard, which appears to be drawn in MS Paint. It looks fantastic. Yeah, it's a, it's a great album cover. I like it a lot. Um, but yeah, really, really great stuff. It's like uh, snail mail adjacent, I would say. Indie rock. Yes, sir. Uh, great stuff. I, I'm really into it so far. I mean, I just listened to them yesterday and today, but I'm liking what, it be, what I got so far. So I wanted to give a shout out to Slow Pulp. Nice. And that, that reminds me, I might have a idea for a new segment for the main channel. Oh, so, my. But it's, you're, you're not going to hear nothing about it on the podcast. <laughs> well, maybe. So, I might bring it up in passing. That's your I guess. Maybe. Oh, uh, yeah. If we're we're, we're just not going to announce it here. No. I want to make any <laughs> sense. Yeah. There's no crossover. Are you kidding? Oh, there's no crossover. People who like this podcast are here for our hot takes. 
which we apparently have a lot of on both channels. That's so. true. That's true. I did. Well, I know there's no crossover because last week you said it's going to be be nice to Jerry year. And then I saw we got another comment two months or two days ago that said that I didn't know what I was talking about. And, you know, to be honest, it was on the, <laughs> to be honest, it was on the, my bloody <laughs> Valentine, whatever that album's called. Uh, what's it called? Freaking loveless. loveless. It was on that one. And like, yeah, whatever. For some reason, people still go to that one and the Wilco one. They are always angry. Always angry. That's okay. I feel like I at least counteract the My Bloody Valentine one more than I do the Wilco one. So. Why? Because you're very, very positive on My Bloody Valentine? Yeah. And Wilco I was, but I wasn't like, I don't know. You weren't super po- You liked it, but I don't think you. I liked it. You didn't like love didn't it. Like, no. I should return to it though, because I, I've been listening actually to um, uh, the Flaming Lips record we did uh, like a while ago. Um, yeah, yeah. What's that called? What is it? Race for the Prize? Is that the record name? I don't no, know. Soft if, Bulletin. Race for yeah. the Prize is the song on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've been going back to the Soft Bulletin and, ooh, Mama, is that record good? Uh, I think. I don't know. That's one of those where the first reaction does not do the the album justice, like at all. No, because um, I, I I've been going back to that and it's been really 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 nice. Um, so I still have uh, I still have Yoshimi battles the pink robots on the wheel, so I might kind of go towards that one whenever we, we get another man or whatever. Yeah. Um, because I, I don't think I gave Flaming Lips a fair shake. To be fair, it's very weird. Um. And that was a while ago, too. I, I feel like we were both video. positive on it, though. We were both positive, but it was like a very, like, step back for a second. Like, I need to listen to this more positive. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But, I don't yeah, know how that, you do That record's else. great. Yeah. I got to say, um, they probably have had the biggest glow up in terms of album covers. Because Absolutely. that soft bulletin album cover sucks. But then, well, like, it'd be fantastic if you just removed the lens flare. <laughs> the lens, yeah, it's just we. I don't like it at all. I mean, I I like the like, yeah, the yellow and the silhouette. You know, yes, that's fine. I like that. But if you the, get rid of the text and the blue bar and all that, it's yeah, fantastic. that just completely ruins it. It's like they were going for like a fifties album cover, but then they threw in the nineties thing at the bottom. It was turn of the century, you know. Yeah, but then they follow that up. With the Yoshimi Battles Pink Robots, which is awesome. Which is like the best cover. And then after that, they have, uh, which one? It's like the, the War with the Mystics. That album cover is awesome. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> it's like they have no no right to go from the Soft Bulletin to that. I don't know. Yeah, they're definitely a grab bag. This yeah. is one of these Spotify pages where like it turns me off of the artist because nothing makes sense. Yeah, that's like, true. Just give me the albums. I don't need the live remastered, uh, you know, ultimate yeah. editions. Just give me that's the albums. That's more of a Spotify issue than a band issue, but yeah, it, it does true. it does uh, influence my decision making <laughs> in, in a negative way, most mostly. Yeah, um, it's okay. Yeah, but videos should be coming back to the main channel soon. Damn. We're still deciding on that. <laughs> yeah. I guess we'll um, see. We'll see. 
We're we're just waiting for a good time to come back since we're still kind of busy. Yeah, we're um, we're still on hiatus, but it's yeah. just like, do we come back next week? Then the week after, we're not going to be able to record. Exactly. But we have done two week breaks before. True. I don't know. We'll have to think about it. Yeah. But but yeah. And for that, uh, I got to finish Disco Elysium. I just finished week. it. I think I got so. the good ending. Okay. I don't know. I, I've not done an, any research on like the different endings you can get, and I don't know if mm-hmm. this is going to be one that I play over and over and over again. Like some, yeah. there are some people that have done like eight playthroughs just to see everything that happens. Um, and I know I think the game kind of encourages it because I only have four out of like fifty achievements. Yeah, I was gonna say I barely get achievements playing that game. Yeah. It's kind of shocking um, because it's just like you get an achievement for like all of the different things you can do, like very specific, like you have to do mm-hmm. very specific conversations to get yeah, there. Yeah, it, it seems like it's like very replay, playthrough heavy to get like 100%. Yeah. Which respect, I, I feel like that game is definitely one where you can go lots of different routes. Yeah. But and and I feel cool. like, uh, yeah, there's... It feels like everything's going to change. Yeah. There's things that I could have done differently. But Mm -hmm. I think, like I said, I think I got a good ending. But I was, I was like, I think my, and maybe this is something we talk about when we talk about it more. But I think that when it comes to games like these, I am like, I'm not into the super wacky stuff. I was like, I want to be taken seriously as a detective, which is very difficult to do. It's very hard. Because everybody (laughs) knows that you were basically a drunk for a week around here. And it's just like, oh, whoops. So you can't really do that. Yeah, I'll finish that, hopefully. And then we can do a full whatever we're going to call it on that at some point soon. Yes, I'm I'm excited. I think it was weird because I was playing it like once a week and I'm like, yeah, I know I, sh- I need to do this so we can do a video. And then one day it just clicked and I like spent my whole day doing it. Like, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. I should not have done that, but it's okay. So no, yeah, that, that game gripped me immediately. So I was playing it heavily and then it kind of fell off cause I got busy and then I'm trying to like get back. Yeah. You can finish uh, I don't, this thing. Uh, where, I, I'm close. I'm at 20, 20.9 hours. I, I'm close. I can tell. But Well, where are you? I won't say uh, how close you are. I just want to know. Where am I? Um, I don't even know how to explain where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? Um, what did just happen? I, I played Baldur's Gate all day today, so now that I have two of these types of games going, it gets really confusing. Oh, that is going to be confusing. Yeah. Um, I just found the pinball machines. That's the last achievement I got. Okay, I I did not find the pinball machines. Oh, I don't know where those okay. are. Never mind then. <laughs> well, that's fine. I'm in an area you know nothing about. I guess not. Or maybe I've been there and I just haven't. Oh, um, you would have definitely seen it. Okay, well. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I definitely did not explore enough in the Union spot. I, I like explore were... everything in this game because the world building is so good. The world bird- like, building is really I, good. I'm the stupid encyclopedia player where I learn the history of every single like artifact and statue in the city. Oh, okay. Like I read all of that stuff. 
this is going to be interesting when we talk about it because mm. I'm the exact opposite. I was like, I was riveted by the case and I wasn't I was so, the opposite. <laughs> yeah, I was, that's it. That's going to be interesting to talk about because I was, I, you know, I'm a big mystery guy. I love mm-hmm. these types of stories. So like, I'm like, oh wait, because there's a bunch of twists and I won't, you know, we won't yeah. go into all of it, but man, just being like an actual detective. And like, I was, I got like those skills really high. So like I was able to like figure out like what was happening. It was like, Oh, this is so cool. Like that was when it clicked. It was when I like Mm -hmm. actually piecing together clues and like solving the mystery. That's was, that was when I hit my stride, but yeah, that'll be interesting because we have two very different perspectives. Exactly. I think it'll be a really fun discussion because I think we approached it two complete different ways. Yeah. Which I guess shout out to the game for allowing the players to do that. Oh, it is like one of the best games for that. Yeah. Because if you want to just like mess around and be a drunk rock star, you can do that too. Don't even have to solve the case. No, yeah. I knew I was going to love the game when, like, I first started it, and it was, like, a case about, like, a murder. Yeah. And then immediately I went to a bookstore and, like, had a whole, like, curtain side quest with, (laughs) like, a haunted tour. I'm like, this is the best game I've ever played. Yeah, that was so weird. I didn't solve that one. That one was one of the loose ends. Oh, really? Yeah, well, I I opened the curtain, and then I Uh knocked down the door. Um which I don't know if I was supposed to do because it hurt a lot, but I did eventually oh, do it. I didn't do that. I just yeah. broke it down, yeah. I didn't even care. She was abusing her kid. I was like, I don't care. I'm just going to break down your door. <laughs> and then on the other side, there was like nothing. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm just going to go back to the case now. I spent two hours in there doing that whole side quest. So I might have <laughs> a lot more um, to do because you have like – you have 25 hours in the yes. game and you beat it. Well, and I'm okay. at 21 hours and I'm still on day three or four. Let me say that that is probably cut that by like five or six hours because uh-huh. I, I've i tried to play this game two times before this. Oh, And okay. the second time I actually got decently far. I think I got two days in, which isn't mm-hmm. like crazy, but uh, this one was the only one that I finished. Gotcha. Yeah, I probably finished it, and if I had to guess, because I probably left it on at some point, too. So that I probably was not playing the game how you're supposed to. But Mm -hmm. I did make, I don't know, I think maybe this is a conversation for when we do our our video. But I I got burned, and I felt like a terrible person. Um, (laughs) I was was interacting with one of the side characters and to advance one of the quests. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. You can choose to basically betray this guy's trust and like fuck with him. And like basically that completely ruins that relationship. And every time I talked to him and we were friendly before, and in fact, I impressed him. I, I, I did a very cool thing. And he was kind of my buddy. And then I talked to him. He's like, oh, yeah, you're the guy who made me a bad guy. And I'm like, no. And so I was yeah. like, I don't want to mess anything up. I just want to solve the case so that I don't hurt anyone else, which maybe, I mean, that's really good. <laughs> that's a really good game design. But also it's bad game design because I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to do anything. a lot of hours in this game. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So it might be like. Uh, in a couple weeks, because from the sound of it, I have a little bit, the, the pace at which I play this game is a lot slower. 
<laughs> well, so. sure. And I have more time on my hands. So yeah. I was able to kind of rush through it all at once. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I have a lot to say about it, so it'll probably be like an hour-long discussion on hey, its own. That's so. great. Because yeah. there's all of the world building, all of the like politics, really, I kind of mm-hmm. like, eh, I don't care. And that's just who I am just in general. Um I was just and like I'm the opposite. You're so you're the gonna opposite. get a well-rounded review. That's that's gonna be that's gonna be good. Or it's gonna be a good review. I'm excited. Um, yeah. So that'll be coming in a week or two, probably. Yeah. Or that'll three. be good. Yeah. I know us, uh, me and you, and then a couple of our friends are gonna be playing Baldur's Gate. Yes. So we might be talking about that. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I have not gotten very far in it. In I general. played three hours. Okay. I know, I think Grant has beaten it, and Paul has gotten pretty close. So we have basically two people who have played the whole game, and then two people, I, I've probably played about that much. Well, actually, it yeah. says I have 36 hours. That's not even close to how much <laughs> I've played. So, yeah, I probably left it's it It's D&D on. rules, so it's, we'll yeah. It's straight up. I was D&D. able to easily get into it, which is great. Yeah, if you know D and D, it's one to one. No, yeah, I was like, ooh, this is surprisingly <laughs> like okay, this is perfect. <laughs> well, it's licensed by Wizards of the Coast. It's exactly. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's exactly D and D. Yeah. Oh. Which is, I think that's really great. I mean, this it is game great is because huge. mostly, yeah, games like this is a are like a huge turnoff for me if I need to learn this mm. but like knowing D, if i can just jump in and use all the D logic and framework like yeah. it's easy yeah it's uh it even says in the description it says like it is the dungeons and dragons 5e rules so perfect yeah i think that that's i think it's cool yeah so, so we might talk about that eventually too maybe but. we'll see i i'm not sure how multiplayer is gonna work i don't know <laughs> I mean, I assume there will be like the NPCs in our party, but they probably won't be with us because yeah. it's just going to be us. Because it's yeah, usually a four. I was party. thinking it would just like replace all the NPCs with like our characters, but I, I'm assuming that's what it would be. But I always you have a party of like eight rolling around. Yeah, I think that's how it is. But I know like you can split up the party, which if you know anything about D and D, you should never do. Exactly. Um. So. We'll see. I'm not how sure conversations are going to go. I don't know what's going to happen. But we're going to be trying that out tomorrow, actually. So, yeah. We'll see. We'll see if we have something to say. We might not. But that's happening. Other than that, I don't think there's. I think that's it. I think that's it. So, yeah. I guess we're next week. Marathon's in the description. Want to check it out? Want to watch some old westerns? I don't know why you would. I don't like them very much. I'm just trying to knock them off my list. Uh, get some of these old westerns off. Uh, which I, I've been thinking. I might post the list that I'm working off of in the descriptions too. Because I transcribed my list into a spreadsheet. So that I can track all of the things uh, digitally. And also have like percentages going. Basically, I spent too long on the spreadsheet like a year ago, and I still reap the rewards. It's it's nice to have it all digital, but I've been thinking of having that in the link 
going to link for that in the description, just a view only thing. So you can see what I've seen and generally what I've rated them. So there's that. I might throw that in. But yeah, other than that, I think that's it. Uh, play fun games, watch fun movies and listen to fun music. My favorite fun song is some nights are or stars. Stars is also very good. Okay, bye-bye.